0: Now, you're in the W.O.R. Sports Zone with Pete McCarthy. Tomorrow night, the biggest preseason game of the year is the Jets and Giants. We'll be going head-to-head, and uh, we have the great pleasure right now to be joined by a two-time Super Bowl champion, 11-year offensive lineman with the New York Giants, Uh, it is David Deal, and uh, David, thanks for coming on. How are you doing? My
1: pleasure. I'm doing awesome. How are you guys doing? Everything's good here. You look great. Thank you. I feel great. That's more important. Yeah.
0: How much... Lighter are you now than you were, say, during your NFL career?
1: I uh, played in between three eleven and three nineteen, depending on whether I was playing guard or tackle. Obviously, when you're guard, you got to be a bit, a little bit bulkier on the inside to move those D tackles. Mm-hmm. But now I'm between anywhere from two fifty seven to two sixty. Wow! So, yeah. uh, like, is that your natural build? You know, I, honestly, when I was, you know, going throughout college and stuff, my junior year of college, I was like two eighty eight, two ninety. Uh, but they were, you know, right away, they were like, you're an NFL prospect. You need to put on weight. So I went up the following year to 305. But, you know, for me, my true background where I started everything was basketball. I didn't play football until high school. So I always had that bigger center powered forward frame to where I could put on weight. And that was, you know, my body wasn't beat up because I didn't play it at an Hmm. early time. So for me, you know, it was hard to gain weight, you know, and maintain it. Uh, But, you know, the minute that I got done, I right away went to the diet. I love my Peloton bike. I'm on that three times in the morning uh, throughout the week. No impact on my knees, my hip, my back. Uh, So that's the thing immediately. And, you know, as players, you know, the minute that you're done playing, you either go up or down. You don't stay (laughs) the same. And for me, you know, having an 11-year-old little girl, you know the the football life in your career is is a sliver compared to the rest of the life that you live. So, changed my diet, changed cardio, and and was committed to making and and living a different life.
0: That's amazing and and, and good for you. And we see so many offensive linemen. You know they they look like marathoners all yeah. of a sudden when their uh, career is done. But like for you to maintain weight for the NFL, would you have to eat? A crazy amount? Like, how, how did you go about that? Did food every become not fun hours, after a
1: while? Every two hours, you're eating a meal. And it's not like it, to be that big. You're not eating junk food. It's grilled chicken, brown rice, broccoli. But it, it's not enjoyable. It becomes a chore, yeah. you know, because you need the calories and you need the intake. And, you know, I, I always I tell people this and they shake your head because it's, I mean, it's disgusting to do. <laughs> but times that I was really light on Wednesday and Thursday nights – You know, I'd set my alarm for 3.34 in the morning. I'd roll over drink a 500 calorie protein shake and then go back to bed so you know when you're sleeping you're still getting the intake of the calories you need to burn that following day
0: if you got to make weight for the coaches are you like chugging water beforehand get every pound you could where yeah, you got it really had to work yeah, at it i mean
1: you had to work at it but i mean there's a reason why they do it sure. they know what weight is best for you whether you're too light too heavy uh so you could be out there and play at your best
0: and we're talking with david deal right now uh you can hear on sirius xm of course uh cbs fox uh football coverage uh, all over the place and as far as the Giants goes the team I'm sure you still yeah. follow the most here how optimistic are you coming off the the kind of season that it was obviously last year but a, a new head coach and an exciting new running back as well
1: yeah I'm very excited for the direction that the Giants organization is going in obviously uh you know last year was was difficult for any Giants fan watching uh, the team go through three and thirteen and hence, there's a reason why there's a new GM and a mm-hmm. new head coach. And I'll, I'll just say this, starting off, there's a whole new competitive spirit, energy, and vibe around the Giants organization since Dave Gettleman and Pat Shermer came in. And, you know, when they talked about everybody having a clean slate, you know, a lot of times you hear people say that, and it's, it's not it's not true. I mean, come on, let's be honest. A lot of people, oh, you're on a clean slate, but people don't forget. You know, but but for the Giants and with this team, there really was a clean state uh, slate and uh, a fresh start for everybody. And I think just the clear communication lines from the general manager to the head coach to the players, it's so much different now. And in regards to the football team, you know, the, the way that they were able to build themselves through free agency, through trade, through the draft, uh, you're going to see a, a completely different component and style of Giants football we've been missing.
0: Well, let me ask you this where do you think it went wrong? For ben McAdoo is the head coach of this team.
1: Well, I mean you could sit here and say part of its injuries, which is correct, but I mean it's games are won and lost within two or three plays of a game, and when you have situational errors, errors in the end of the the first half and at the end of the fourth quarter or on third down, you know whether it 's communication getting plays in and out, calling the right things. Those are the things that cost you games in the NFL and and your job. And it goes same and single-handedly to the players, too. You know, When now with a new coaching staff and a new GM, I'll never forget when Coach Coughlin came in. He said right away, immediately, you're either a part of the solution and you'll be here, or you are the problem and you won't. And you see this roster fighting because... It's going to be a tough task to make the 53 man.
0: Do you see Pat Shermer being a Coughlin type of coach that's going to be that kind of a... disciplinarian and Uh, if a guy's not fitting in culture wise i don't
1: care how good you'll see him you know get after guys and yell i don't think he'll have the red face to the extent (laughs) of tom coughlin but he is he's all about the fundamentals the techniques doing every little thing right because that's what makes the difference between winning and losing games but i will say this going back to the communication and dialogue He's just like Coach Coughlin, good, bad, and different. You know exactly where you stand with Coach Shermer, and that was the same thing that you had with Coach Coughlin. And you respect not only men but coaches that way because you don't want to be told the wrong thing. You want to be addressed with this is what you're doing right, this is what you're doing wrong, and this is how you can improve. And and when you have that dialogue all the way through, there's a mutual respect. And, and
0: mutual respect is a, a good word. And I want to ask you about Tom Coughlin because that's what – built up over time and you know to hear all you former Giants talk about Coughlin now uh, it is with such reverence and I'm curious it probably wasn't always like that what was a time where you just hated (laughs)
1: coach Coughlin well I, I mean for me in the beginning when he took over in 2004 as the head coach that was only my second year so you know for me I was used to being 7 minutes early because I was a fifth round draft pick. You got to not just 5, 7 minutes early and and you're used to doing the the grind of what it is to be an NFL player. You know, and that was the big difference was when he came in, you know, it it, it went to this isn't this isn't fun anymore. This <laughs> is what you have fun winning football games. You don't have fun losing games on the road that you should have won and, and everything that takes place with it. So for me, it wasn't that difficult for the older veterans it was for all the different rule changes. And does it really make that much of a difference if we're five minutes early? Yeah, it does. It does make a difference with the way that you approach and your preparation and, and the way that you handle yourself in a business-like attitude. And it, So in the beginning, there was a disgruntlement between the older veterans But at the end of the day... But never you?
0: You never had it out
1: with Coughlin? I mean, mean, granted, there was times where it's difficult out of practice. I mean, we had doubles when they were doubles. Mm -hmm. Double padded practices in the heat of Albany. But like I was saying, at the end of the day, it's about winning and losing games. And once you identify that and you start seeing the rewards and reaping them... You know, people bought in immediately.
0: Yeah, two time uh, Super Bowls. Yeah, so that'll do that'll it. That'll do it. That's the first thing everybody mentions about you, right? You got one of the Super yeah. Bowl rings. Which uh, which ring do you have with this you? This
1: is uh, Super Bowl 42, or 4 I'm sorry, 46. I'm wearing. Uh just it's a nice uh nice problem to have when you have to decide which one you're going to put on for the day. Do you wear them both? No. I mean for the the Super Bowl and and at the draft when I'm working, you know, I'll wear them both every once in a while, but I honestly I'm not a big jewelry guy like it. But do you
0: rotate, let's say?
1: Yeah, I will. I okay. mean I'll rotate or I'll ask my daughter which one should I wear or just things like that, but uh for me I, more than anything you, you look at this I don't think of anything individually. Whenever I see these Super Bowl rings, I just think of what we had to overcome for both of them as a team. Is there one that's more meaningful to you? You know what? It's hard to say. I mean, beating an undefeated Patriots team in 42, I mean, the the first one, the magnitude of it. But I think the second one, because my daughter in the second one was six and she remembers it, and having that feeling of holding her in one arm and the Lombardi in the other, (laughs) for me, 46 was very special.
0: You have a picture of that?
1: Yeah. It's yeah. got to be up on the wall, well, right? Yeah, I got a nice painting of it and everything. Oh, it's wow. incredible.
0: That's awesome. And we're talking again with David Deal, two-time Super Bowl champ, uh, 11-year veteran uh, with the uh, New York Giants. And, of course, uh, uh, one of the reasons David is here is that tomorrow, Taco Bell and the Giants are kicking off their Big Blue Spirit Flag program, and you're invited. Uh, the party's tomorrow morning, 8 to 11, at the Taco Bell on Connor Street in the Bronx. There will be Taco Bell gift cards, Giants Gear 2, Uh so come show your Big Blue Spirit Spirit and win great prizes flag uh, proceeds benefit the boys and girls club uh, yeah. so that should be that should be great, exciting
1: tomorrow way to kick it off without a doubt, man, for me, this was a a home run for the sheer fact that growing up on the south side of Chicago, I grew up in the boys and girls clubs, so for me I, I thought about that, and then also my daughter who 's eleven now going into sixth grade. She actually cheers in New Jersey for the boys' football team at the Boys and Girls Club. So for me to to be able to come out and you know obviously show my big blue spirit with the flags and the fact that they're raising proceeds, you know, amongst New York and New Jersey. I, I mean, I, I can't talk about something that you can do more to not only have a good meal at Taco Bell and maybe a little Baja Blast with a little Mountain Dew, but to help impact the the future youth of America because I know the impact it had on me. I know the impact that it has on my daughter Addison and the kids around there. and, And what better way to help proceeds because those are the things that kids now need more than ever is a place to go, a place where they feel accepted, a place where they feel comfortable and where they're not on their phones or on the computers playing video games all day, <laughs> and they're out there doing physical activities.
0: And there could be a ton of your former teammates there as well. It's yeah. quite the quite the list. Yeah,
1: it's going to be a, like I said. It's who a are you great looking thing. forward to seeing. Anybody in particular? You know what the good thing is is that we've had last year. We had the ten year anniversary, of Super Bowl forty two, and and when you're a giant, once a giant, always a giant. Really means something. You know, throughout the season, throughout this off season, whether it's charity stuff, whether it's things that the Giants have for all of us come back. You know, I see those guys and we talk on a regular basis. So I I just can't sit here and point out just one that I consider and say, I'm looking forward to seeing him (laughs) uh, because we're we're literally tied to the hip. Is it
0: when you accomplish something like that, you do get back together? Is there? It's like you never left.
1: Yeah. Literally, when we were in the tunnel before the, uh, it was last year at the Monday night game up against the Lions, you know, we're in the tunnel and it was literally like we were just back in the locker room telling stories, making fun of one another, like, You know, that camaraderie and that brotherhood is a reason why we're able to turn things around. I mean, think about 2007, 11 straight road wins. I mean, talk about a team coming together with their backs up against the wall and having to win out, and it was because we were a team. It wasn't about what anybody said about us. It wasn't what, what people thought about us. It was what we believed and thought about one another and, and holding each other accountable the way that we did. It's no coincidence we had success.
0: Yeah, No doubt it, it worked out as we uh, chat with David Deal. And uh, a couple of things I want to ask you about. Go ahead. Eric Flowers, yeah. as he makes the transition along the offensive line, and you saw up close a... Yeah. Quarterback develop and thrive in New York and now another quarterback in New York getting his start with Absolutely. the Jets as far as Sam Darnold. So I want to ask you about that as well. Tomorrow, Taco Bell and the Giants kicking off their Big Blue Spirit Flag program tomorrow morning 8-11 to 11 at the Taco Bell on Connor Street in the Bronx and uh, proceeds benefit the Boys and Girls Club. So it'll be a great event. ton of yeah. Giants uh, alumni going to be there as well. Uh, but l- let's dive into Eric Flowers making this change on the offensive line. Now, you know what it's like to change positions there. You played everywhere except... Yeah, you played uh, everywhere except center on the offensive line over the course of your uh, NFL career what what's going to be different for flowers moving from the left side to the right
1: I mean obviously you're flipping around terminology your footwork and your stance are, are going to be much different um, at this point you know when you think about oh well he's not the blind side anymore every team now has a legitimate two pass rushers it used to be oh we'll slide protection to one side we'll chip. Everybody has two now, so it's not that you have the uh, the the affordability to just say, oh well, he's a right tackle now. He's not going to get as much, you know, uh, pressure or as much uh, talent on that side of the ball, which they're on both sides of the ball now. And for him. It- it all comes down to his fundamentals and techniques. I mean, as an offensive tackle, you can be the biggest, you can be the strongest, you can have the best feet out there. But if you don't tie your hands and feet together, and if you can't get to a point where you're confident and you trust your technique to where you can punch, restart, and redirect the rush, that's where you run into the problems that he has. And, you know, in his technique, when you're out there, you have to be confident in it 100% throughout the entire game. Your offensive tackle in the NFL, you're going to get beat at some point. It's part of the game. But did you get beat because the guy just beat you? Or did you get beat because you varied away from what you should do discipline-wise and in your techniques and fundamentals? It's much easier said than done. Imagine being on the road in Denver, 3rd and 11. You're out there looking at Von Miller, and he gets that one little split step. Are you going to be disciplined enough to kick back? And do your normal set to give yourself a chance? Or are you going to turn and bucket and open up and give him even more of a clear pathway to the to the uh, quarterback? And that's something that you see out of players that are up and down. They're not confident in their technique for him. This is a make or break year. I gave him last year the benefit of the doubt. I saw the way that he worked throughout the offseason. And towards the end of the year, you could start seeing him tie things together at a more consistent basis. But it's not just at the end of the year. You've got to do it for the entire 17 weeks of the regular season. So it's all on him, and he knows it. Is this preseason pack, been any better? Yeah, it's gotten better. I mean, granted, last week, once again, he got beat around the edge. You know, uh, Devon Kennard obviously knows his tendencies and his weaknesses from going up against him in practice. But so is every other defensive end you're going to face this mm-hmm. season. They're watching your film from last year, and if you don't fix it, It's like blood in the water for a shark. They're going to keep attacking, attacking, attacking until you get things done. So we all know what he's capable of when we've seen it at times. Now it's doing it throughout the entire season because if it's not done that way, he's going to be considered a bust. Obviously a
0: big key, and he'll be a guy being watched a little bit tomorrow as well. The Jets don't have a whole lot of big-time pass rushers, but they do have a real interesting quarterback to be watching at this point in Sam Darnold. And my question for you would be that to have a front-row seat as Eli Manning developed into a franchise quarterback and did it in this town, which could be tough on you. And there were times where the town <laughs> so? turned on him, yeah. and he won him over because he, he had that first Super Bowl. But it, it seems to me Darnold, maybe personality-wise, a little similar to Eli. Yeah. He's more low-key than, say, Sanchez and some of the other one, quarterbacks one the that come that through. One I loved
1: about Sam Darnold coming out, he was the only one out of all those guys that didn't have a Twitter account. You think about little small things like that, but when you're the quarterback, that's that's not the things that you should be thinking about. I mean, especially when you're the face of a franchise. And, you know, when you think about this game tomorrow and this upcoming season, you know, this could be one of the biggest, if not biggest games in the Jets-Giants rivalry for a preseason game, getting reg- ready for the regular season in a long time. Because on the one side, when you're looking at the Giants, you're looking at a team that went like we were talking about, going through the draft and free agency. They did things to utilize and make this a better football team, but... They also gave Eli Manning now every tool he needs around him to be successful. And it's up to him to prove that he deserves to still be the starting quarterback and that he still has things left in the tank for the next two seasons to be a quarterback in the NFL. Now turn the tables to the other side. You've got a rookie in Sam Darnold who now is trying to emerge as a starter and prove that he is a starter his rookie year based upon the way that he's playing and performing. You know, We know Josh McCown is a a great guy to have in that room because he is a player's coach and we'll groom him. We'll see, and we have seen, those flashes of Teddy Bridgewater of who he was before that injury because if you remember how devastated the Vikings were, I mean, they closed practice, I mean... Think about he almost him. Lost his leg. He almost lost his leg, and think about the way and the impact that that season that they could have had the following year when they started off five and zero. You know, so you think about those things of having him, and now having Darnold battle to prove that he is either the starter or number two. That now makes the decision on are they going to keep three? What do they do with Teddy? There, there's a lot that's going to take place before that first regular season game.
0: Well, the franchise and the brain trust. They're rooting for Sam Darnold. Of course they are. He's their guy. He, you want to get throw him into I the mean, fire the exe- right away. The execution the in the experience. draft
1: worked out perfectly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, It, they, wor- they it worked it out up. perfectly. Yep.
0: You, you couldn't have asked for it better for the Jets. But from a player's perspective, you want to win now. Yeah. You want the quarterback who's going to lead you and is ready to do that now. And maybe Ted Brady, Teddy Bridgewater is the better quarterback at this very moment. But how does Sam Darnold win over the guys in the huddle even if he is
1: given that job week one? I think it's all based upon performance, based upon the way that he goes out and directs an offense and directs the team as a leader of that group. And, you know, you could start seeing dwindles of it. I've been out there, I've seen the Jets practice, and I've watched preseason too. You could see the team start to rally around him. And once you start seeing that and people buying into him as a quarterback, you you notice it when all of a sudden he comes into huddle, all eyes go to him. That's an important sign, those little intangible things that not many people pay attention to, but have a huge impact on him being the leader of that football team. And when you start hearing players really vouch for him and say, oh, he looks great, not only on the offensive side of the ball, but on the defensive side of the ball as well, that's when you know that he's ready and prepared, ready to go.
0: And we're talking with David Deal right now. How long did it take for Eli to win everyone over in that way?
1: You know, I think for all of us, it was uh, almost a, a very similar situation, except for, you know, we were getting, we had a brand-new head coach and a brand-new offensive coordinator, so we were all learning and developing the system together, but same thing. You want to know when he was prepared. It was when he was coming out in practice, making checks, alerts, audibles. So when he's backing up Kurt oh, Warner yeah. early, you, you saw it You bend. started to see it, and he would get reps. They would have him come in, and once you start seeing... The the command of the offense and being able, no, 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 move, move, move. All the different things that you have to direct as a quarterback, that's when you know that a quarterback's fully ready because it's not too big for him. Things have slowed down. He can eye and get a pre-snap look at the defense, but he can still look at his offense and know what he needs to do to put them in an advantageous position to succeed.
0: How about Eli now? I know last year he lost his entire wide receiver core, was it that week four game, against the San Diego Chargers, and the offensive line wasn't yeah. very good. But are you a believer that at this age, Eli Manning's still capable of directing a team where the Giants try to go? They're trying to win now.
1: Without a doubt. I, I mean, I went back last year and broke down and looked at every single throw he made. And even though, I believe me, my loyalties to Eli Manning. Otherwise, I wouldn't have two Super Bowl rings. But... He didn't lose it. You talk about going out there with, without having an offensive line, a lack of run game production, and receivers that you're signing off of the street. How are you going to be able to perform as a quarterback? You're not. You're not going to be able to play at a high level. And that's where now, where you see now the offensive line is gelling and getting more continuity with the additions. Saquon Barkley healthy on the outside at the skill positions. That's now, like I said, it's on him to perform and prove it because he has all of those things that he didn't have last year. And for him, the way that I've always been around him, his preparation, the way that he gets into a game, he is so intelligent based upon his preparation of watching film, communicating with players during the week, whether it's the offensive line, wide receivers, and running back. So when it comes game time, it's second nature. And when he has time to protect and when you can run the football successfully – he is deadly in the play action game. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And that'll be, uh, something that he'll have this year yeah. with, uh, Saquon Barkley yes, actually establishing yeah. some of the run you would think. Uh, selfish question here. Now I'm a Jets guy. Okay. Uh, more than a Giants guy. I was there. I was
1: a Bears fan growing up. It's okay. okay. You got your loyalty.
0: Uh, I was there Christmas Eve, 2011. Greatest Christmas Eve of my life. Uh, not one of my favorites. <laughs> it was better than Thanksgiving the next year, but, uh, tell me, you guys talked about, they hid the the yeah, banner, and, myself, and that being a big Zach
1: factor. Yeah, we, you know, we're walking into the stadium, and obviously it was a Jets home game, but they clearly went out of their way on the complete other side of the stadium to cover up all of our New York Giants logos, or Super Bowl logos, that are literally right outside of our locker room. So it was just, that was a game, I should say, that we had circled the entire year. Mm-hmm. Because if you remember before the season, you know, we're the big brother, Rex Ryan, talking about us, and you know that was a, a game that we had an opportunity once again to number one, we need to win, but two to not what people say, prove it wrong with their your actions, and we went out there and were able to win that game. You know, that, number the Jets one. outplayed you. Come on, <laughs> I really come on, that game. come I'll on! I'll tell you, the Jets outplayed you. No, in the first quarter. First quarter they did, and then mm-hmm. we made adjustments. We started running the football. We started to figure out, okay, they're going loaded front. We can get it out to the outside. If we're going to get it to in a run game, we got to work the edges. So we were able to adjust. In the first quarter, yeah, we were in bad situations. We were in third and long. I know mm-hmm. they got a big hit on Eli, and I want to say on the first or second one. Uh, so we were in the first quarter in a, in, a, in a bad spot, but we made the adjustments necessary, and that sparked by Victor Cruz. I mean, to score yeah. that touchdown, I mean, you could just tell – the moment, momentum in the stadium completely switched. So, yeah, so after the game was over, you know, to go out and tear down those and say it's Giants Stadium, and then, you know, at home sitting there with your family on Christmas Eve and looking at the Empire State Building, lit up red, white, and blue for Giants colors. I mean... Does it get any better for me? No. For you, obviously, much better.
0: Yeah, I like the green and white Empire <laughs> State Building myself, but what uh, we'll see. Maybe tomorrow night uh, the Jets can can light it up there. But uh, Jets Giants tomorrow should be fun, and uh, this has been great. Thanks so much, oh, David my Deal. Uh, again, you can hear him on Sirius XM, uh, see him CBS, Fox, so wherever they're talking football. David Deal is there, and he'll be at Taco Bell tomorrow along with the Giants. Their Big Blue Spirit Flag program, eight to eleven at the Taco Bell on Connor Street in the Bronx, benefits the Boys and Girls Club uh, great stuff and and again we appreciate the time Dave my pleasure thank you